doing a daily devotional with an email blast. Some of you might be participating in groups that are reading and then meeting and praying together. Um, Charlie Summers, our senior pastor, preached on this a couple weeks ago, and I remember him saying uh, he thinks about how doctors, when they're learning new diagnosis um, or disease or whatever that is that they are working on, that as they're learning the symptoms, that they think, oh my gosh, I have that, I have that, um, that that's been a similar experience with these seven deadly sins, that the more we read about them, that, oh gosh, I have that, I have that, it can be a little uh, unsettling. Um, what I have enjoyed about this the series is that we are looking at um, vices and virtues, that as we look at the deadly sin, we are also looking at the antidote. Um, so we're not just stuck in, in the dark and in the sin, but we're able to see where God's light and God's love is. And so last week, uh, with greed, this sin of greed, that uh, the remedy, uh, the antidote is generosity. So I have appreciated that about this series. And today, um, it's gluttony that we get to talk about. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so let's look at the scriptures that we're going to look at today. This is from John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 1 through 35. Listen for God's word. Then they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh, holy God, we give you thanks for your holy word. It challenges us. It makes us question. It comforts us. Lord, we pray now that as we listen for what you will share with us, that we would be aware of your grace and your love through Thomas Morpheus. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So today's deadly sin is gluttony. And I would say that none of the seven deadly sins are necessarily easy to embrace, or that's been my experience reading through this, and I did find some relief that this week I was preaching rather than next week, because next week is blessed, and uh, we are so smart that our we've assigned our seminary intern to preach next week, so I'll be preaching. Um, so gluttony has not been a lot of fun to prepare for, with every brownie that I eat, every bowl of ice cream that I deserve at the end of the night. Um, It's been a little bit less enjoyable the last couple of weeks thinking about this text and this gluttony. Um, It's not been as much fun to put that chocolate sauce on top. And there are several areas in my life where I've had to confront and see my gluttonous ways. My husband Rob and I both suffer from the latest fad binge watching. Anybody heard of that? Binge watching? not going to admit it. Uh, We have Netflix, and so it, you know, we can stream and get the newest series right away. So we have, are known to sit and watch uh, four shows in a row uh, in one sitting. Good, I see some nods. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, there are shows that are um, of great value, very redeeming, like House of Cards, Scandal, and um, so we, I am aware definition of gluttony, meaning to gulp down or swallow, overindulgence and overconsumption of food, drink, or wealth to the point of extravagance or waste. Today, rather than focusing specifically on our overindulgent and overconsuming, our supersized culture, um, I want to point to our spiritual malnutrition. One author says that gluttony is much larger, a much larger issue than donuts and diet. Frederick Buechner, Presbyterian pastor and author, says, a glutton is one who raids the refrigerator 
roles now in the church. So this is what I want us to reflect on and think about today, spiritual malnutrition. When I was a teenager, I spent um, many summers at a camp in North Carolina, Young Life Camp, Windy Gap. Um, my parents were on Young Life staff, so we went there often. But I recall when I was uh, 15 years old, went as a camper to the camp and um, was there with 400 other high school kids. Uh, and I remember the speaker one night talking about the God-shaped holes that we all have. Um, and that, as many talks as I've heard, that that one really um, stuck out for me. It has al- it's always stayed with me, that we have a God-shaped hole in ourselves. And he was talking about how is it that we are trying to fill this hole. He was saying that God is always there. God is ready. God is prepared to fill that hole. But instead, oftentimes, we look at other places to try to fill up this void that's in our lives. So I literally, as my 15-year-old mind, pictured a hole in my heart, you know, this God-shaped hole in my heart, and reflected on what is it that I am trying to fill this up with. At that time in my life, it was um, very important to me, very important to me, to be cool, to be popular, to fit in, and I was desperately willing to go to whatever I needed to do to, to make that happen. And um, so I was, I considered how I was filling up that God-shaped hole with with trying to be the right size, with trying to say the right things, with you know getting involved, talking to the right people, not talking to some people, uh, and so focused on what is it that I can do to be cool. And um, when we were at camp that week, I was very fortunate to be in a small group. We had our campaigners group, and there were about seven 15-year-old girls and me who were at camp together, and so we went back to our cabin that night, and we talked about this and had a chance to share. And we all decided we were going to try to ask God to fill up this God-shaped hole, and that we would pay attention to what what we were doing. And um, it was a really important time in my life. Um, we all acknowledged that, you know, probably even the next morning, we had slipped back into our um, trying to fill it up with our own stuff, but we would check in with each other and we'd say, are you inviting God to fill up that space? And that was uh, something that was very helpful for me in that year, and I think for all of us, as we paid attention. So I'd like to say that that God-shaped hole got filled up at age 15, and now I'm smooth sailing, but I'm aware that it's still there, that there is still, there's an emptiness, there's a void, and there's a restlessness, and I continue to try to fill that up. And when I fill it up, the, the things of this world, it's dissatisfying. I find myself still anxious and restless. And when I pay attention and, and fill it up with God's love, um, there is peace. There is a sense of peace. Filling it up with God's love looks like grabbing uh, just a few minutes for quiet prayer, to maybe just pay attention to that restlessness and to stop myself long enough to quiet myself and say, God, please help me. 
there's an acronym suggested to remind us to pay attention. Pay attention to our lives, but specifically to pay attention when we become hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And the acronym is HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, HALT. We pay attention to our bodies.
need to fill me up because I'm hungry and I need you. You can see how it is that God's love is unconditional. When we are filled up, when we let God fill us up, we have so much more to give. We are not uh, depleted God, we give you thanks for your amazing grace, for the love that you so freely give. And we pray that this day we might practice opening ourselves up to your love and your light and let it stir around in us, calming us. Thank you, God, that 